Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Impact Theory Today. We're going to be talking all about leadership. Leadership is one of the most extraordinary skills that you guys can master. It is incredibly powerful and I'm telling you, anybody can do it. You do not need to have uh, a gregarious personality. You do not need to be uh, an extrovert. All you need to do is really be willing to show people by example what it is that is going to achieve results. And at the end of the day, people will follow somebody who is amazing at what they do. And then if you can layer on top of that a few things that we're going to be talking about today, you're really going to be able to knock it out of the park. All right. Without further ado, let's get right in. So first question comes, hey, Tom, when you're leading a big team and you aren't able to have close contact with everybody in the team, what would you do so that distant people would still be aligned with the values of the company? All right. That's an incredible question. This is something that I have lived through. So when Quest was small, it was very easy for me to do what I was saying at the top, lead by example. I was there on the production line. I would take the hardest job and we would literally agree. What is the hardest job? This is the hardest job? Cool. If this is the hardest job, I'm going to be the one that, that's going to do it. And I would get in there and I would do it with all my might. And not only would I do it, but I would uplift other people. I would bring energy and enthusiasm. And I'm an introvert by nature. Let me tell you right now. Now, in fairness, I have a pretty easy time going to extroverted. So my default though is introverted. Now, by going on the line, by encouraging other people, by taking the hard job, all of a sudden it was very easy for me to um, get people to rally behind me. But as we scaled the company, now all of a sudden there were a ton of people that had never seen me working like that. So to them, I was almost a mythological figure. By that point, I was creating YouTube content. So, you know, we had 3000 employees, many of them had never met me. And so to them, you know, it was like, oh my God, that's the guy that runs a company or the guy that's on YouTube, whatever. And it had a really problematic effect on the way that they approached me. And so what I began to realize is you have to have a culture. You have to show people up close what gets results intoxicate them with certainty. Okay. That's a huge part. If you really want to take your leadership game to the next level, you want to make sure you know exactly what needs to be done. So within the world of influence you're trying to have, you know where you're trying to go. So you have a goal, very clear goal. You can articulate that goal. This is where we're going. And then you never, and I mean, never let somebody outwork you. And when you have certainty on where you're going, you tell other people what that is. We're going to go after this. Most people live their entire lives doubting themselves, doubting the path that they're going on. And even when you know eh, some element of what I'm saying isn't going to work out, but you believe to the core of your being, I'll adjust. I'll figure it out. Now you can intoxicate people with certainty and just go like a bat out of hell towards that thing, working in a way that nobody else is going to match. And if when you do that, you elevate those around you rather than say, hey, why are you losers not working as hard as me? You say, hey, we're a team. I want to lift you up. I want to help you. I want to help you get there. Okay. So now you establish that with those around you in that near group, you make that the culture. This is how we move here. This is what we're about. So you're as good as what you can write down. So you write down what that culture is. You let people know what it means to be a part of this team. Then when they get in, you're encouraging them, you're elevating them. 
You start with the people closest to you. Because you're, you've been able to write the culture down, you know which way they have to act. You hold them accountable. You ask them to hold you accountable, right? You're not trying to be above this. You're trying to be in it, trying to show people what it means. So now you've got your core group, then they're going to have their core group, and then that core group is going to have their core group, and now that influence goes down. So you definitely have to set the example, but when you scale, you have got, you have got to get people to understand what the culture is, get them to lead by example, get them to intoxicate people with certainty, get them to show people what it means to have a goal and to go after it and to live up to the standards of that culture. And now when you elevate people and you're lifting them up and you're not trying to beat them down, then you get something really, really incredible. Then people will follow you because it's a game of elevation. It's a game of skill acquisition. It's a game of goal accomplishment. It's not bullshit. You're not wasting people's time. You're really making progress. And progress is one of the most foundational pillars of human happiness. So you intoxicate them with certainty, you lead by example, and you make their life better because they're actually improving. They're being elevated, they're being held to a standard for sure, but they're improving and they're making progress. That, my friends, is how you scale leadership. All right. As a leader, do you find yourself guiding the team towards your vision or leave it open for co-creation? Okay, so I definitely love having other amazing high-level thinkers that can challenge the notion, but I wanna be very clear. This is not a democracy, this is a meritocracy. But my thing is, guys, I tell my team this all the time. I am not smart enough to think of all the good ideas myself. Here at Impact Theory, we have a gigantic goal. We're trying to build the next Disney. Now, Disney has been around for, I think, 90 years. They have billions of dollars. So that is a very tall order to think that we can be, you know, what do they have? Hundreds of thousands of employees. So here we are with our 27 employees and we're taking on a 300,000, I don't even know, it could be more than that, 300,000 people company with a gazillion dollars in all the IP practically in the universe. And we're trying to beat them at that game. Now, I know that I'm not going to be able to come up with all the right ideas. So I've got to create an environment where people can speak to power, where they can tell me if they think something I'm doing is stupid. And I want them to talk nakedly, raw, give it to me real, because here, here is a powerful idea. When you're building a company, you have a real goal. You're actually trying to do something. And you should value yourself by, not by being right, but by identifying the right answer because you're actually trying to accomplish something. Okay, it's not rhetoric. You're not playing at it. This is the difference between a entrepreneur and an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur says, yo, I have to pay salaries. I've got to avoid a mortality event for the company. We've got to build towards this goal that we have. And the only way that we're going to get there is if we've got a lot of really smart, hardworking people that are focused on that same goal. And the only way that you can do that is if people are allowed to say what they think, they're encouraged to say what they think, 
In fact, at Impact Theory, we demand that people say what they think. So this is an idea that we got from Ray Dalio at Principles. Um, and well, Ray Dalio at Bridgewater, he wrote a book called Principles, which is where we got this. Um, you have to own your opinion. You have to speak up or you have to get out. And we do not tolerate people that won't speak their mind. Now from that, you're going to get a lot of bad ideas. And look, there is what Ray calls, and I love this phrase, chirping, where people don't know the whole picture. And so they come at you and they tell you that you're doing something wrong, but they really just are limited in their scope of understanding of what you're trying to accomplish. And for the most part, you just ignore chirping. Chirping is sort of the, the cost of creating a culture where the next great idea might come from somebody obscure that you never imagined. And so you want to make sure that you create the space for that. You want to make sure that the best ideas rise up through the organization. But at the same time, you want to make sure that you're not wasting entertaining ideas that don't make any sense from people that don't have experience. Now, if somebody is an expert in the field, I'm really going to take time to try to understand. So we'll define an expert as somebody that's had success in that area three or more times, okay? So if somebody's had success in the area that you're dealing with in that moment three or more times, and I at first think their idea is crazy, I'm really gonna stop and pay attention and try to make sure that I understand it. If somebody with no experience in that area gives me an idea that I think is crazy and I have expertise in that area, then I'm gonna say, I'm super grateful that you took the time to give me that opinion for X, Y, Z reason, I don't think it makes sense. And then I'm going to move on. I'm not going to worry about making sure that they feel mollycoddled or anything like that. It's like, if you don't have expertise in the area and an expert tells you, Hey, that doesn't make sense. Then it's like, be stoked that you are inside of an organization that wants your ideas, but recognize that in this dynamic, you're a student and not a teacher. And this is hard, man. This is really hard for people, but this is the fucking real stuff. Like this is where you have to recognize me as a CEO. I've got to recognize when I'm the student. And so I'll put forth an idea. If an expert in that space is like, that doesn't make sense for this reason. I'm like, respect. This isn't my area of expertise. But when I know something, then I'm going to go to the mat for it. And so you, you want to co-create, but within the context of a meritocracy. So never lose sight of that. Otherwise, you can get paralyzed by trying to protect everybody's feelings. This is where you come to be hardcore. This is where you come to be resilient. This is where you come to learn where, hey, we want your opinion. We are desperate for it. We don't value ourselves for being right. We want to hear it. But if your idea is bad, we're just going to say it's bad. And by the way, I want you to tell me if you think my idea is bad. I'm not above that. Nobody's above that. We've got a goal. We're going for the goal. And anybody that's serving that goal, that idea is going to win every time. But if all you want is to be heard and understood, then you're going to get mowed over. You have to be more resilient than that. You have to be. You have to be. Like, I want good things for you. I want to see you become a badass in your life. But that means you have to get really comfortable with being wrong, with taking a chance and failing with, and then people telling you, yeah, that didn't make sense. And it didn't make sense for this reason. And then now you've got more information and you can move forward. So, yeah, I mean, call this a warning, toughen up, toughen up, toughen the fuck up, buttercup. I literally have a t-shirt that has the initials for that as a reminder to myself. I don't need people to hug me all the time, pat me on the back, congratulate me, cheer me on. I want to be elevated. I want people to want me to win. But when what I'm saying 
isn't going to work, I want somebody to tell me. And I have a core belief. Any idea that can't withstand criticism isn't a good idea. Any idea that can't withstand criticism by nature is not a good idea. You've got a hunger for criticism to find out if your idea is good or not. You've got to seek, seek disconfirming evidence. You've not, you shouldn't pursue yes men. You should pursue, as Abraham Lincoln said, a team of rivals. You don't want people who are trying to destroy you, but you want people who think differently than you. You want people who see things you don't see. And you want to celebrate those differences. So often, moving forward is about the friction between styles of thinking. And you've got to covet that friction. And most people are just trying to eliminate it. Most people are just trying to surround themselves with people that think like they think. That's dangerous that will not take you where you want to go. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you want to have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with eBay Motors. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So I need a cool name for hardcore, rivalistic co-creation. 
because it's not co-creation in any sort of, hey, everybody, everybody come and let's do this as a, a democracy. This is, let's let these ideas fucking battle. And I don't want deference as a CEO. In fact, I ask for people to criticize my ideas publicly and aggressively. Now, I don't ask them to do that to other people because most people are not prepared for that. But I am, and I want to set the tone because I'm obsessed with my goal. I just want my goal to come true. I want to win. And to win, you have to get really good. And to get really good, people have got to play against you with everything they have. But as a teammate, this is a team, not a family. How do you detach yourself from feeling like you failed if the people you were leading failed? Failing is inevitable, but when we know people look up to us and some follow in our footsteps and still fail, how do we not feel like we didn't fail them? Maybe you did fail them. I don't know that you should run away from feeling like you failed them. If you were trying to lead them somewhere and you did not lead them and they failed, then it's perfectly reasonable to say that I failed that person. I failed them for this reason and I need to get better so that I don't fail them next time. The problem is people want to be this perfect leader right now today. And if you strive to perform your best in life, bringing your energy and abilities into everything you do, then it only makes sense that you would want to be out on the road with that same power, agility, and performance that everyone expects from you. And there's no better option than the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable SUV yet, the third generation Range Rover Sport. You guys know I love staying on the cutting edge with technology, and the Range Rover Sport's cabin features advanced technologies such as active noise cancellation and cabin air purification, a must, offering you and your family and friends new levels of comfort and refinement while traveling. The Range Rover Sport provides an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and redefines sporting luxury for the power, agility, and performance you demand in every area of your life. Explore the Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. That's LandRoverUSA.com. I don't think that's possible. I don't think you're ever going to be a perfect leader. And even if you had the greatest leadership skill set of all time and never before in human history, had there ever been a leadership skill set like yours, you will still fail people from time to time. So there is no such thing as flawless leadership. So literally you can just discard that idea. Get in the muck, man. Get in the mud. Fucking just battle, fight, do this shit, set a goal and go after it. Like get hard. Go for something big and don't be afraid to get cut up, beat, bruised, battered, because that is how you learn. You learn by being in the mix. You learn by saying, hey, I will lead. I will take the slings and arrows. I will be right at the front. The first bullet is going to hit me. And I'm going to learn. The great news is we're not actually, at least in this example, leading people into battle where they're getting shot at. We're leading people into the unknown. We're leading them into whether it's business danger or emotional danger. And at the end of the day, sometimes people are going to get hurt. They're going to fail, whatever. They have to be resilient. They have to learn. But if you're willing to do that, if you're willing to be the human equivalent of a battle axe and get in there, try things, hard things, fail, practice, get stronger, learn, grow, then over time, despite the scars, 
you are more capable. 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 You can do things other people can't do. I'm obsessed with that idea. I want to be able to do things other people cannot do. Now, when you can do things that other people cannot do, now you've got a real shot at whatever it is that you're trying to do. I want to, I want my name to echo through the annals of history. Now, I don't need other people to want that, but I want that. And I know for me to actually pull that off, which by the way, my identity is not tied up in that. My self-esteem is not tied up in that. I could die completely unknown. What I value myself for is the pursuit, but I sincerely pursue that. And to sincerely pursue that, I have to become capable of things other people are not capable of. I have to be so good that I cannot be denied. That's my obsession. I love that shit. I want that for you guys to both be willing to play at that level every day and yet not judge yourself if you're not there yet. That you only judge yourself by the sincere pursuit of something. That you show up every day playing to win, trying to be the best in the world at something that you care about. Being unafraid to lead, to be out front, to fail people sometimes, to own it, to say, hey, I failed you. And this is why. And this is what I'm going to do next time to get a different result. And you will be shocked at how people will follow you more when you just own it. When you tell them what your plan is to get better and they see you on the front lines improving, people will fall in line. I fuck up all the time. But on balance, people see the rate at which I improve. They see that I have a goal and I'm a servant to that goal. And then I build skills based on what will take me to that goal. And because I win on balance more than I lose, people still follow. So leadership is not about perfection. It's about progress. Have you ever dealt with a bad leader? If so, how do you go about it? Yes. I think we've all seen bad leadership and it depends on where you're at in the hierarchy is going to determine how you can handle it. Now, because I'm the CEO, it's very easy. If somebody is displaying bad leadership, you go and explain. You're displaying bad leadership and you explain what they're doing well, what they're doing poorly, what they need to improve on and how to improve upon it. And you just lay it out. Like I said, at Impact Theory, there is only one way. Own your opinion, speak up or get out. And that's not true for anybody more than it's true for me. So I have to tell people exactly what I think they're doing right, what I think they're doing wrong, and then help them adjust. If you are reporting to them, then it becomes a very different game. Now, I would hypothesize that if you have a toxic leader, somebody who is not going to listen, somebody who is abusive, whatever, that you have two choices. You can either outperform them and go around them, which I would never be shy or bashful about, um, or I would leave the company. But personally, I would not just sit there and suffer in silence. So at the end of the day, you want to play a long game. So, um, you know, outperforming, I cannot tell you the number. I almost got in a fist fight once because I got hired at the same time as another guy and just kept getting promoted above him until I was his direct boss. And he was very displeased by that. Nobody, well, I won't say nobody, most people can't handle that. And in that, you have to figure out how to get around somebody that's toxic. On the other hand, if they aren't toxic, 
but they're just displaying bad leadership, an open conversation with them is the first place to start. Give them a chance to improve based on improved understanding. So coming to them and saying, hey, I feel like you led me astray or I feel like um, I'm not getting what I need or whatever the problem is in very simple, clear language. Don't do it cruelly. Don't try to be punitive. Don't set out to make them feel bad or stupid. Just say, hey, here's what I'm looking for. Here's what I don't feel that I'm getting. And I would love to discuss if there's something that we can do so that I can get these things that I need, either from you or from somebody else. But oftentimes, people don't realize where they're going astray. And oftentimes, people have never had that kind of direct and open feedback. Now, it is going to sting. That is going to hurt them. And I would actually encourage you, it might be worthwhile to get one of their peers to come into that meeting, which of course they're not going to love, but you're going to avoid a he said, she said moment. And this is where the culture of the company comes in. At Impact Theory, we tell people that they need to do that. So if you've got conflict between two people, you need to bring somebody in that can sort of mediate that disagreement so that we can figure out what's going on. We are not an organization where it's like, hey, go tell HR. You need to tell that person directly. You need to let them know if you don't get the response that you want from them, go to somebody else. This is not a company where you suffer in silence. This is not a company where you bitch behind people's back. This is a company where you speak directly to people. Now, a lot of people can't handle that. And I get that there are realities to be faced about feeding your family, keeping a roof over your head, all of that. There are also realities to be faced. Not everybody's like that. There are amazing people out there that are extraordinary leaders. There are companies with incredible culture and you can find them, but you have to look. So in this particular example, it starts with very direct, open and honest communication done in a way that is protective so that you've got somebody else there so that there's you know not gonna be some claim about insubordination or whatever. Um, and if you really are looking for a solution and not just a punishment for bad leadership, then you guys can work together and hopefully get exactly what you want. But open and honest communication is the path. All right. If you don't like being a leader, does that necessarily mean that you don't have confidence in yourself or you always should think to be a leader and think like them? Man, look, you've only got one life to live. Live the life that you want. Live the life that is most joyful. If you want to be responsible for yourself and not other people, there is nothing wrong with that. Know thyself. It isn't that being a leader is better than something else. This is what life do you want to lead? So if you know what you want to accomplish and you don't want to be involved in leading people, that is absolutely A-OK. -okay. Life is about managing your neurochemistry. It's about how you feel about yourself when you're by yourself. And so if you've got a skill set that you want to get really great at and you love it and it's sort of an inward facing thing, it does not, you know, benefit, or even if it does, that it would be even better for you if you were leading, but you don't enjoy that. You don't want to be responsible for other people. Nothing wrong. Craft the life that you want and live it to the fullest. So remember the punchline to life is about having a joyful life. So it is not better to be a leader than to not. So don't judge yourself on that. 
Just make sure that you're constructing a life that is built around your goals, that you know what your goals demand, that you're doing that, and that your life is joyful and that you have respect for yourself. If you do that, you're going to be A-OK whether you're a leader or not. What quality have you found to be the most challenging when being a leader? What quality? For me, because I'm introverted by nature, because I am so obsessed with my goals, I find that slowing down to make sure that everybody else is with me, that I've continued to articulate the the approach as it changes, because, you know, when you've got a big goal and you're learning every day, then the sort of nuanced way that you're pursuing that goal is changing very rapidly. And it can be very difficult for me to remember, hey, not everybody wants to work as much as I work. Not everybody is as sort of obsessed with this goal as I am, but they're still amazing humans. They're still just incredible contributors to the team. And so as long as they are meeting that standard, I have an obligation to make sure that they understand where we're going, that they're involved, that they feel respected and elevated. And the way that I explain it to people is if you're working on a project where that's the focus for me at that moment, it's going to feel to you like the sun is shining on you because I have so much energy. I have so much intensity. I have so much enthusiasm that the truth is people just love that. They love to feel like the sun is shining on them. But then as I move on to something else that needs to be done, I still need your peace to keep going, but I'm trusting you now to move that forward. But when I've now got the sun shining on another part of the project, and it looks like now I only care about that project and those people, people can feel left out or left behind and remembering to communicate that to them, to encourage them, to make sure that they have what they need to keep marching forward with that, that they now have what they need to lead themselves and their team, um, that's very important. But I can get so engrossed in what I'm doing that I forget to go back and, and manage the, you know, the humans that have all the human insecurities and wants and desires, the desire to be seen and understood and encouraged and all of that. Um, so yeah, that's been the thing that I have struggled with. All right. Understanding where you struggle, understanding what you want. These are going to be a critical part of the journey. But remember, leadership is not about perfection. It's about progress. It's about leading from the front. It's about being there and doing it. It's about understanding how to infect other people with that certainty, with that culture, to get them excited so that they can then infect other people and so that this can really scale and become something organizational. Remember that you're never going to have all the right answers. Remember that part of leadership is elevating other people. Part of leadership is seeking disconfirming evidence. Part of leadership is recognizing this is about the goal. I'm trying to lead you to somewhere specific. And when I fail, I'm not going to pretend that I didn't fail. I'm just going to own it and get better. And that nothing, nothing encourages people more than seeing somebody working their ass off from the front that's elevating other people and always willing to admit when they're wrong and to listen to other voices. But in a meritocracy, that's leadership, everybody. It's all of yours to have if you want to build that skill set. But there's no need to if what you want out of life doesn't require it. Build the life that fills you with joy. And remember, if you're going to respect yourself, if you're going to have self-worth, you have to do something you 
think is worthy. That may be leadership. It may not. But leadership, like anything, is a process. It is a skill. And you can acquire that skill to the point where you cannot be ignored, but you're going to have to put in the time and the energy. All right, everybody. If this added value to you, be sure to smash that like button. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.